0: and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Wizards Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Standig. You can find my written work on NBCWashington.com and FanRag Sports, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Standig. And you can also, of course, find the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting, and you can find this latest Wizards performance in your local... Dumpster fires because that, my friends, was an utter disaster. We've we've talked all year about what was the worst loss of the season. I I, I got to you know, I, I'm gonna have to adjust my rankings because I think we have a new winner. No, not the first time the Wizards lost to the Dallas Mavericks at home, at a point when Dallas had like what what one win or something? No, this one was way worse <laughs> because they got hammered. By one of the worst teams in the league, at a point where they're just coming off a win, but they, we're dealing over the last 48 hours with John Wall's revelation of a failed team meeting. They're still in this funk. That, you know, what can they do to, to, to come here and to lose? You know, I always say that the, the losing in and of itself is not a sign of, of disaster. Obviously, you have to win games, but in and of itself, a loss is not the issue. Effort, focus, energy. These are the things that make one uh, leery uh, as to what is happening. And lordy, there was not much to go with in this game at all. Uh, I I made a point on Twitter late in the game that normally when you have a blowout, and by the way, just to make it clear, final score 98-75. Wizards score 15 points in the second quarter, 17 in the third quarter, I mean, they scored 22 in the first quarter. That was their high quarter for the game. Uh, 30%, 30.6% from the field. Um, but what I was going to say is, normally in these kind of blowouts, there's at least something to be positive about. A player maybe scored, uh, you know, had a good game shooting the ball or somebody had a good, you know, game scoring. Maybe there was a, a five minute stretch where a certain lineup looked interesting or something. I literally, I don't think I can point, To a single thing in this game, in which you could you could be say, well, okay, that was good. This is one of those games where unless he just wants to torture them, Scott Brooks might not even bother showing the Wizards the re um, the the, the replay of this game. But on top of the loss, we've got now another thing, and that is an Otto Porter left the game with what a right hip strain. He's been dealing with a hip injury now for several weeks. He missed one game earlier in the month. The Wizards are off two days before they play OKC on Thursday. They were, of course, just off two days after the win over Detroit. By the way, the Wizards are now 3-6 and six on the year, in which they have at least two days of rest, the extra rest. Not working well for this team, and now they have another game where they have two days of rest. So we'll see where things are at with Otto Porter in a couple of days. My take on this, I'm pretty sure I've said this before on the podcast, And Now, this is me saying this and knowing that, A, I'm not a doctor, and, B, I don't know what the medical situation exactly is, but, you know, it seems like a reasonable thing to see Otto Porter sort of running around like an old man at times in some of these games, that Otto Porter giving him rest, legitimate rest, not just a game, but a week, maybe even two if needed, wouldn't be a bad thing. But, of course, the Wizards are in this bind, where, forget the fact that he's, you know, their third best player, their best three-point shooter, and the guy who does all the little things that helps keep the, the the starting lineup sort of on track to some degree. They don't have any depth. Even if you go start Kelly Oubre in place of Otto Porter, let's just say they did decide to rest him for a week or two or whatever, then what? There's nobody else behind, there's literally nobody else behind Kelly Oubre who can play real minutes at three? Because Kelly's playing 25 minutes a game off the bench. They don't have anybody else to do that. So, yay for the Wizards because of as I've written before, and I wrote uh, on NBCWashington.com just last week, noting that the back of the bench is is poorly constructed, and they don't they, they didn't even open up a and uh, they still haven't opened two-man roster spot. So, they don't even have anybody to do anything, even if they wanted to. By the way, I'm so fired up about that result, how terrible that was. I forgot to say that what you're going to hear any second now for the rest of this podcast is something I recorded earlier with our friend Adam Rubin talking about that the All-Star announcement comes tomorrow. We will find out if John Wall and Bradley Beal are reserves. I wrote about my take on the Eastern Conference Reserves for FanRag Sports. You can find it there. And Adam and I kind of went through my selections. Uh I, I got more greater detail on FanRag Sports, but you'll hear our conversation in a moment. That's the bulk of this podcast. I figured the game was going to end late and, um you know, wasn't necessarily thinking win or loss, just thinking the game would end late and I would maybe just deal with this game tomorrow. Well, we'll be dealing with it in one way or another, I am sure, because that, my friends, was, was, was brutal uh some basic stats bradley beal 18 points john wall 11 but combined they went eight for 29 from the field that's pretty much in line with how the rest of the team shot uh, nothing really working at all and i say nothing really working that that's that makes it sound more positive than what the reality was this was a brutal performance and uh i don't know what scott brooks can really do to be honest uh, everybody's already, you know, th- focusing on make a trade, make a trade, make a trade. I hear ya. I I don't know what a trade would necessarily do from the mental standpoint at this point. Um, by the way, I also wrote something for FanRag Sports. Well, I, the All Star thing. Oh, let me back that up. The All Star thing was on NBC Washington. I also wrote something for FanRag Sports today about my take on. What I learned about the failed team meeting that John Wall discussed, and my sense of what his comments really, are, or, or not so much really what his comments are all about, but how they can be interpreted for better or for worse, What, what how, how can this go, um, please take a look at that when you have a second. Of course, if you follow me on Twitter, at Ben Standing, the links are in there. As well. All right, so uh, gonna have to put a cap in this for now because I did record a podcast with Adam Rubin, which I'll get to here in just a second on the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, the, the Wizards, I said, are off till Thursday. Tuesday we have the news though of the All Star reserves. That'll be interesting. Although if even if they get in uh, Wall and it, it'll sort of uh, uh, you know they'll be happy about it, I'm sure. But coming off this game, it's going to be a little harder to get excited about it, I would think, on some level. All right, in any event, we'll talk more about what actually happens with the All-Star Reserves, who gets picked, whether Wall and Beal are in there or not, uh, on the next podcast. Also, more from the fallout from this Dallas game. I, I, I will just say, you know, when I mentioned earlier that there was literally nothing positive to take away from this game, I mean, that's largely true. I do think there were points where the Wizards were attacking the glass, uh, rebounding, and and that's obviously a good sign. That's, that's a sign of hustle. That's important, obviously. And there are times where you just don't make any shots. And that was clearly the case tonight. All None of them were, were consistently making shots in this one. And in and of itself, in a vacuum, it's one of those games where you could just say, didn't have it tonight, move on, throw it away. But of course, we've said this now about a ton of games. We've said this now twice about Dallas alone. Well, the team, I believe they had the second worst record in the Western Conference and they beat the wizards by double digits twice, twice. And that's the thing. you can't just keep throwing these you know th- taking these games and saying it's no big deal, move along, whatever. The, the, I, I wrote in, in, in the article about the, uh, the, the, the the failed team meeting that may, whether there was fire truly there, there's already clearly been smoke and that smoke has caused damage in the form of taking the Wizards probably out of getting uh the one or the two seed in the east i say probably i mean you never know but it seems highly unlikely at this point which means they would be in the same position that they were in the, uh last season where they won't have home court advantage if they even make it this far in the in the eastern conference semifinal and last year they probably would have won if they had hosted game 7 at home but they didn't so in any event um you know we can keep kind of going back. we can all just keep kind of dancing around the fact that uh, the wizards are having these occasional bad games, but it's more than just that. It's a constant thing, and uh, we'll see we'll we'll see what they do I don't I, I don't think any trade necessarily makes the big difference if if the lack of chemistry is the issue, which seems to be to be more of the issue than anything. In any event, more on this later. i got to process the brain. But I talked with Adam Rubin for a while. I want to get to that. So in just one second here, we'll get to my conversation with Adam Rubin from truthaboutit.net about Wall and Beal's chances for being named All-Star Reserves. All right. As promised, joining me to talk about Tuesday's reveal of the NBA All-Star Reserves the man who, if he could, would vote Thomas Sadoransky into the big game, Mr. Adam Rubin. Sir, how uh, how are we doing? How, are you, do you have all-star fever yet? Are you anxiously awaiting to hear the news as to whether John Wall, Bradley Beale, and countless others uh, are in the game or not? Well, uh, first, I'm a bit of an all-star
1: purist, so I will take uh, offense to your first comment. I would not vote in Sadaransky's. I do not vote in hometown players. I vote in, if I were to vote, who is deserving, and I think that's one of the big problems with the All-Star game. All these campaigns that the teams are doing to try to get their guys in, and, and then they complain when a guy like Waller Beal doesn't make it or their voting is low. They complain, but that's because you do these campaigns to vote in Gortad, vote in all these people who don't deserve it. But that's my long way of saying
0: I care about the All-Star game, but I'm not going to vote up uh, local, local players. Um... My my favorite is watching uh, some of the sports agents or agencies of certain players do the whole, you know, add the player's name and then hashtag NBA vote. Like I saw, no offense to Jason Smith, but I saw his agency uh, do that the other day. And I'm just like, uh, really? Come on. I get it. You're trying to make your your client feel good. But like, you know, come on. Even if Jason Smith was doing what Jason Smith did last year. Um, but anyway yes uh, there's lots of there's lots about the all-star situation that's not ideal Uh, but but since you said you labeled yourself a purist what's your sense of this change for those of you who don't know presumably you all do this year it's not east versus west it is they're selecting the rosters as in 12 from the east and 12 from the west but then of course it's going to be a player vote. LeBron will be LeBron James is the captain for one team. Stephen Curry is the captain for the other team. And they will vote. Unfortunately, we're not, it's not going to be televised, but somehow the vote will happen. We'll find out who's on teams. I'm kind of intrigued by it. It would be way, 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 way better if we saw the vote or at the very least or if we watch it live or at the very least we're, we're told the order of the draft. But that said. Uh, you know, it's an interesting, if, if if nothing else, maybe John Wall and Bradley Beal are on different teams. That would be fun. But what's your, since you're the purist, what's your uh, take on that? I like the
1: idea, but only if the draft is televised. If you're not going to televise it, if you're not going to show us how these teams came about, then, then I don't like it. I'd keep it East versus West. I need to know why LeBron's coming there saying, this is my team. And Curry, the other guy, is telling me, this is my team. I need to see who they pick, because that's why there's intrigue in the game by using this system. If you take that away from us, you know, that that takes away the intrigue. So I I like the idea. Very poor execution. I'm very hopeful that the picks will be leaked out this year, and that way next year they'll do it live because they'll realize everyone's going to find out
0: anyway. Yeah, I mean, the crazy part about this is, the guy who gets picked last, whomever that is, you know what that guy is going to be known as an all-star. It's not—it's not like we're, you know, I mean, the, all these guys are the—they're the 24 best players in the, in the league or whatever you however you want to phrase, you know, this year or that, whatever. You know what I mean? Like they were the ones who got in. All the other guys are going to be watching. Carmelo Anthony's not going to be there, you know. I mean, Otto Porter from the Wizards—he won't be there. Jason Tatum, most likely, he's not going to be there. Uh, you know, name mother, you know Dirk Nowitzki, whatever. These guys won't be there. These 24 guys will be there. That seems like that should be enough, but whatever. I guess fragile egos is when you're when you get to a certain level of a certain station of life. For some people, I guess it's hard to uh, hard to handle. I know Wall has said he would be down for for televising. I think LeBron as well. So, alas, that is probably not going to happen. By the way, uh, before we get into what I came up with for uh, NBC Washington dot com with regards to this all star thing. Can I just tell you, Adam, that I feel like an all star right now because literally moments ago, and this is not a joke, moments ago, the great Doris Burke just followed me on Twitter. I am feeling like an all star right now.
1: Oh wow! And that's not because you DM'd her something. Uh, that's definitely from uh, an article. You didn't you didn't put out a request. No, I
0: I do follow Doris Burke, but no, I have never reached out to her in any direct way uh i i know she has uh i believe i was told in the past she's a a fan of the locked on network so maybe i'm getting the uh the the bump from that Uh, but whatever it is doris burke my favorite uh uh, maybe my favorite like announcer period but she's so good on both college and, and the nba uh big fan all right let me stop the gushing and let's get to the stuff now here's what I laid out. You can find the whole article. It'll be up on NBCWashington.com by the time you, you, you hear this. Uh, I'll just go through through some of this. Now, but my basic premise of the article is, you know, everybody keeps acting like John Wall and Bradley Beal are both getting in, and I'm of the opinion that I don't think it's a lock, not because they're not necessarily deserving. Just when you actually look at – if you just say, hey, are John Wall and Bradley Beal all-stars, most people would say yes. But when you actually look at the overall amount of people who are being considered – and the, the way the format is, in other words, with the reserves, you have to have at least three front frontcourt players, then two go, two backcourt, then two wild card. So it's not like you can just pick seven players. You have to pick them with some position of consideration. And there are other players who also have their own, who are also deserving. So I don't necessarily think it's a lock. Before we get into it, though, what's your quick take? Lock or eh, I don't know for Wall and Beal. You think it's a lock they're in, or are you? Do I need to convince you here? That that they might not be a lock.
1: Uh, I say Wall is a lock. Uh, Beal, you know, I, looking at the names that he'd have to necessarily beat out, I definitely don't think he's a lock. Uh, I I think he should be on the team, but I, I definitely think that there's some legacy guys, or at least a couple guys who have more years of uh, established as, a, as an all-star, like a Kyle Lowry that someone like that gets in that, that could bump them out.
0: So it's interesting. I think Beal is the more likely lock among the wizards. If for no other reason, than, you know, wall, I mean, look, he's second in the league in assist right now. He's averaging almost 20 points a game, by the way, his three point shooting, it, it, it would be a career best right now. 35.8. Um, he had 35.1, I think earlier. So it's not dramatically different, but you know, he's putting up good, good numbers there. But he's also, he did miss 11 games. They've only played 47. I I, I do wonder if on some level that, you know, it it probably shouldn't make too much of a difference in an All-Star game. But nonetheless, he did miss those games. And then, you know, the bigger issue, whichever way you want to look at it is, the Wizards, I don't know when the the coaches had to put their votes in by. I don't know if it was Sunday or or when. But the Wizards have basically been in fifth now for a few days, so probably it doesn't matter. But they're fifth in the East. That's not one, two, or three, you know what I mean? Like, fifth is, is in a good position, but it's not necessarily like, well, you have to have multiple guys get in. Whereas I think if you look at, say, Cleveland or Boston or Toronto, you probably, if you're a voter, have to view it as, well, they probably, if if they're worthy, need to get two guys in at least.
1: Well, I don't want to embarrass you in front of Doris Burke.
0: Uh-oh, what did I do wrong? You're,
1: you're, no, no facts that are wrong, but you were undervaluing uh, Wall's legacy of a four-time All-Star. Every single co- visiting coach, when you talk to them before the game in their you know, pre-game speech, first thing they say, and pretty much the only thing they say about the Wizards is, got to stop John Wall, got to turn him into a jump shooter, got to build a wall in front of him. It's wall, wall, wall. The coaches are going to vote in Wall. He's already established himself as a top point guard in the East, one of the top two. He is second in the league in assists. So I believe he has reached the level where he is that established guy. He's getting in. Just like Carmelo Anthony last year. He's not at that level completely, but he's going to get in. Beal has to overcome. This would be a first-time All-Star. He's got to get over that hump to get to that level. I I think Wall is a lock, and I say Beal's in the bubble. But for that reason, I think it's the four-year legacy. It's entrenched. It's knee-jerk. The coaches are voting.
0: Well, obviously there's a difference between coaches voting and people like us who write or talk about this. But when I have looked at other people's lists, for the most part it feels like Bradley Beal is listed as one of the two guard spots and Wall is more of a wild card spot. Now maybe, again, that's the sort of people trying to make the more analytical argument that, hey, Beal's been there the whole season. If the Wizards are in fifth, which is considered a good thing considering the injuries that have happened and and how they've lost some of these crazy games – that Beal's have been the, the one leading man who's been there the whole year because Walls missed time out of Porter, Keith Morris. Beal's been the stabilizing force, and by the way, he's had some monster games. Um, he's average, he's averaging a career high in points. So I don't know. I mean, I get, I totally get your point, and it's totally, it's totally fair. But at the same point, these coaches, assume that they like when when coaches vote in the uh, college basketball pool or college basketball rankings, I 100% take your point. They're not looking at like Georgetown got a vote this year. For, by somebody to be in the top 25, it was actually by a writer, um, because I'm sure they just looked at the legacy name and saw they had a really good record in non-conference, even though they weren't deserving because they played nobody. I think the coaches, I would think, put in a little more thought, and I think Bradley Beal arguably should have made it last year, but in any event, yes. part of part of this exercise is it isn't just the wall and Beal, it's who else is around them. So, so let's go through this really quick here. Now, I came up with I'm not saying I necessarily think that all these players are in the mix, but I think you could. I think some people would make a case, and I think I could make a case for most of them. There's around 13 players in the mix for seven spots. Now, let, let's dismiss a couple of these guys quickly, right? Uh, Tobias Harris on Detroit, Chris Middleton on Milwaukee. You can look at each of them individually, and they've got some good stats. And both of those teams are sort of on the cusp of the of of, of a playoff team. The, the Milwaukee's currently eighth, by the way. Uh, we, we didn't even discuss this. Jason Kidd fired him right. by the Bucks. Uh, maybe that's a whole other podcast. Especially since <laughs> Jason Kidd fired, they beat the Wizards twice in the last like ten days, and and he got fired. Right. Um, but Middleton and Harris, their teams are sort of on the cusp of getting the playoffs, but also each of them are playing with a guy who's definitely has a better candidacy to get in to the game. So I think they're both. I get why people might consider them, but I think they're both out. Uh, same general take on Kemba Walker. He's what top twenty scorer in the league. He was an all-star a year ago, but Charlotte's kind of gone the wrong way. And based on the other options in the front of him, I just don't see how Kemba Walker could get in. Do you have any problem with saying, hey guys, appreciate the consider the, the resume, but we're gonna have to uh, pass. Yeah, that's that's fine.
1: Certainly given the next names you're gonna get to. They're they're fine to leave them out.
0: Okay. So 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 we leave them out. Let's 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 go to the front court first. My my front court options are three spots. I got basically four names at this point. Andre Drummond with the Pistons, Al Horford with the Celtics, Kristaps Porzingis with the Knicks, Kevin Love with the Cavs. Uh, Al Horford doesn't have crazy stats, but I mean, considering where Boston started the year with Gordon Hayward hurt and all the changes they made, he's almost like the only guy left other than Brad Stevens, who was there a year ago. And he is such a unifying force. He's so good defensively. There's so much to like about Al Horford, and Boston's had an amazing year considering the, the, the Hayward injury. So to me, Horford's got to get in, and I also think Porzingis has got to get in. Just when you look at you know, he, his first year as the main guy for a team, and he's put up huge numbers, you know, over 23 a game. He's making threes, blocking shots. And look, if we're going to talk an all-star, come on, you got to have Porzingis in at this point, right? He's all kinds of fun, New York, yada, yada, yada. So to me, those are two of the f- three front court. Locks, you have any issue with that statement?
1: No, Uh, and I think the coaches are going to they appreciate what Horford does, so that that gives them an extra step up, even without the you know flashy stats or or style.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so the third front court spot, you know, Cleveland is obviously in a very weird place right now as a team. Uh, Everybody's talking about are they going to you know is this a real collapse or is this just another fake? a drama situation like they have most years where it looks like they're done and then they rebound. Either way, they're the three time defending East Champions. You gotta get two guys in from them. But Kevin Love, he's still putting up 19 and 8, hitting over 40% from three. You know, we can debate whether Kevin Love should be their starting center or not. That's a different podcast. Uh Kevin Love to me would would, would be the third front court player with Drummond dropping potentially to a wild card uh, spot, Are you down with Kevin Love, or am I overstating the idea that Cleveland's got to get two guys in considering, you know, they're only a game and a half ahead of the Wizards. If, if I'm saying the Wizards maybe only get one, why should Cleveland automatically get two, even though I kind of think the cases are not identical?
1: Yeah, I, I look at Love in terms of getting in. I look at him as sort of like the John Wall, except even more established as, oh, he's an all-star. The, the coaches don't even think about it. But I – would put Drummond ahead of him. I mean, he's averaging, you know, you know, eighteen six nine point four rebounds, but that that's not that's not good for him. And the team hasn't been playing well. His minutes are down. Uh, uh, you know, I I definitely put Andre Drummond ahead of him. And the only reason that he'd get in with Cleveland, I think, would be oh, he's a you know legacy guy or they need two players. But other than that, I think on 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 merits, I'd put in Drummond.
0: Yeah, I guess ultimately, right. I probably did fall into the what you said earlier for Wall. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I basically viewed it straight as Cleveland needs a second player. Kevin Love is still pretty good. He is Kevin Love. He'll get in. So you're right. I mean, I, I think that is going more of the, the the legacy angle than it is anything else. But all right. So for our argument's sake, Kevin Love is in, and we'll, we'll, we'll consider Andre Drummond in a moment when we get to the um when we get to the wild cards. For the East guards, the two that I put in, one is Victor Oladipo. I mean, it really is the breakout year of all breakout years. It seems like in the NBA, I mean, his stats are you know impressive all the way around. He's fourth in the in ESPN's real plus minus stat, fourth in the whole league, averaging over 24 a game. He's electric. He makes electric plays. I think mean, he's the he's the lock of the locks of among the other guards. I put as my second guard. I did go with Beal. Um, for the reasons I sort of stated earlier, it just feels like to me over the course of the season, while I totally get your point, just over the course of this season, he's just been the better of the Washington's two guards. I mean, John Wall himself has said he's been their MVP. Take that for what it's worth. So I went with Beal and Oladipo. I guess this, this, since we tucked on Beal, uh, Oladipo on, on, on a scale of one to 10, how surprised are you that he's had the year that he's had this year? Uh, I guess I put up a seven. He's
1: always had the athleticism, but um, we weren't sure that he could put it all together like this, especially when he was given opportunities, if not a high usage rate on OKC because he was playing with Westbrook, but still it was thought he would be that second guy and he'd have the opportunity. So, uh, you know, I didn't see this bit of a a, a breakout coming.
0: So that leaves us with, the two wild card spots and we've got three players to consider based on what I'm saying here so they are Andre Drummond they are John wall and they are Kyle Lowry uh, I will let you make if you would like to I'll let you make your decisions first I'll, I'll reveal mine in a moment who do you have of the if that if those are your choices you got those two for two for three spots who are you going with?
1: I take Wall and Drummond.
0: Well, would you like to expand on your re- reasoning? I mean, Kyle Light. Well, my take, reasoning is, if I'm saying if you don't take Kyle Lowry, then Toronto, the number two team in the East right now, gets one player, and that doesn't mean that they should get automatically multiple players. But I'm just saying they would have as many players as the Pistons, who are currently not even in the playoffs. They would have as they would have one less player than the Wizards, who have been one of the more disappointing teams in the East. Obviously, again, this is not. This is an all-star game. It's not about necessarily the standings, but obviously that plays into some factor, uh, i.e. the year Atlanta was the dominant team, and they got four players in. You know, it goes these ways. So I'm just pointing that out. But anyway, continue. That that, that, that I'm just mentioning why the Kyle Lauer thing would be uh, notable.
1: Well, but that's with going with your initial picks, and you're leaving me with three players. If I was starting from scratch, I put Porzingis in as the front court drop Kevin Love off the All-Star team and i put in Lowry and Wall and and, and then you can put in Beal but uh or, or Lowry i mean either either one of those two that's i believe it's going to that it's Lowry or Beal is what the what it's going to come down to because i believe Kevin Love is going to get in uh, you know you're you're guessing what i'm predicting that that's what i think's going to happen i don't think he should and i think both Lowry and Beal should get in but um if you're if you're putting Beal in already, and you're asking me is Wall in or Lowry in? I think Wall should be in ahead of Lowry, and I, I just think Drummond is, has had an all-star year. Especially I'm taking into account his improvement as well. So I mean, yes, Lowry's good, but I'm just giving a bump to Drummond for his improvement. So uh, so yeah, that's why if you're if you're putting him in a position where Kevin Love is in, and we have to decide on Lowry.
0: Uh, then it gets tougher, but I think well,
1: kick love out.
0: <laughs> so, so, so here's one thing I guess I would say on some of this. Like, if you look at Al Horford, he's averaging he's averaging 13.3 points. He hasn't averaged that few since he averaged under 13 in the 2011-12 season. And that season, he played 11 games, so he really hasn't averaged this few points since his second year in the league. Um, you know, his other number, 7.7 rebounds, very modest, one block a game it would also be something of a career uh, of a pretty, uh, be his lowest mark there forever. But the reason why we don't even care about those numbers is we know Al Horford's a good player and we know how central he is to what Boston is doing. And I would just point to Kyle Lowry to with that sort of same view. So I think Kyle Lowry, whose numbers are not that impressive. I think he gets in one way or the other. And this ultimately is sort of my whole point for why I don't think John wall is a lock or at least one of the wizards is not a lock for me. It's, walls the more dicier you think it's beal but because i don't disagree drummond probably should be at all-star he leads the nba in rebounding he's averaging with, with over 15 a game he's averaging over 14 points his free throw percentages have gone up from like in the 30s to over 60 he's averaging just shy of four assists a game he's having a very good year and if i'm sure if the people who host the locked on pistons or the locked on raptors podcast you know they will probably have the arguments in other ways it maybe favor their guy. I'm trying not to do that here, as evidenced by the fact that I'm almost trying to talk you out of saying wall's in. <laughs> or or both Wizards are in. Um but I think I just think that it's closer than the experts think, i. e. experts meaning people who around town who just think wall's in. I I just think there's other guys in. And like I said, we dismissed three players off the bat, and I think that's fair, but you know who knows? Maybe they yeah, who knows maybe that maybe, maybe there's some reason why somebody else would think they, they get in and uh you know look the wizards have been a disappointing team relatively speaking and that could work against them as well in terms of only getting one guy in so i don't think it's a lock that said my wild card pair kyle lowry and john wall i'm not stupid <laughs> uh no but i mean you know john he's second in the league he's second in the nba in assists you know, putting up good numbers, putting up good scoring numbers. We can quibble about some of the things we talk about here, about the consistency on defense or sometimes taking too many shots or whatever. But in terms of being an all-star, he definitely is that guy. So somebody is getting left out. I mean, even if you want to quibble, that you said Kevin Love should be the guy out. Yeah, Kevin Love being out of the all-star game would be a big deal, right? So somebody's yeah. getting left out. And I'm just saying it could very well be one of the two Wizards, depending on uh, what the coaches think.
1: I uh, say there's a very good chance that uh, a wizard will be out. We can disagree about which one it will be, but I think there's a very good chance when you look at the names and you have to say that Kevin Love has to be out or or Lowry has to be out or uh, you know, I assume Przingis will get in or Drummond has to be out. So, I mean, that's – I don't see – you know, uh, in terms of an all-star case of Lowry – and love, I mean, they they're, they have a much stronger All Star case as far as I'm concerned than Bradley Beal. I'm talking about not just on stats. I'm talking about legacy with the coaches. And then you look at Drummond versus Beal. I mean, I, one of those has to be out as as first time you know All Stars were playing great. I mean, there's you know that that very easily could be Drummond who gets in. One other guy I would add in, I put ahead of uh I guess I forget the first. You said Kemba Walker. I forget the other. Tobias Harris. Is Ben Simmons, and oh, yeah. I know he's slowed down yeah. a yeah. little, sorry, sorry. you know, of late. But I, a hundred percent, I'd put Ben Simmons ahead of Kemba, ahead of the other two guys, ahead of Tobias. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would think he's, well, he's, it's tough. He's a rookie. I don't know how much the coaches would, you know, they see the coaches usually don't reward those young guys. It's pretty rare for a young guy to get in. Um, but, but, but he's.
0: Now, this is what I get for, for doing this off my off the cuff and not looking at my notes because, in fact, what I said it was three players for two spots, I really had four. Ben Simmons was the fourth guy to go with Drummond Wall and Lowry for the last spot. Obviously, I didn't pick him, and and, and look, the the case is pretty, pretty clear. He's right now still probably the favorite to win rookie of the year, and it's easy to fall in love with a 6'10 point guard. Uh, and, and Philly's been one of the more intriguing stories of the season. Again, it would be another case of you already have Joel Embiid. You're going to want to put in two guys from a team that, that, that's, you know, not even, you know, uh, are they even in the top? You know, I don't even know if they're in the top eight now, but I don't know if they were a couple of days ago when, uh, when when these votes probably were, were, were decided. So, um, yeah, he's definitely intriguing. He was one of the final four candidates for me for the two spots but obviously I moved on from him so yes appreciate you reminding me of that I don't want uh, anybody thinking we were overlooking him so yes uh appreciate that uh, all right so we got to get out of here but one last thing let's I don't know this is a this is a question that probably deserves 10 minutes of its own time I'll give you 30 seconds what yep. Be- better for or worse for the wizards if only one <laughs> of them gets in like, like wh- what what's the how do I say uh, what, what, what's the fallout? What's your, I don't know. What, what's the worst case scenario? One of them gets in, neither of them get in. Oh,
1: well it won't be neither, but, uh, I don't think there's a rivalry. I don't think there's an issue of wall gets in and Beale doesn't, they'll have like a rivalry or, you know, be upset about it. I think Beale will just be upset overall, not, not upset at wall. Um, I guess it's better if neither got in. Just that be say hey, maybe a kick in the ass, but I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a big deal if one gets in. I don't think there'll be any rivalry among you know the two players on the team. It'll be more like Beal saying, "Hey, what do I have to do?" and Wall would just be like, "All right, whatever, I'll, I'll take the pad on the lead."
0: All right, well, good deal. I, I'm with you. I think I think the kick in the butt aspect would actually be good, but I don't think we're, we're I don't think the Wizards are in danger of having a being shut out. I think one of them is getting in. I say Beal, you say Wall. Maybe we'll have to make a wager on the side in case it comes down to that. Uh, in any event, Adam, appreciate it. As always, go find him on Twitter at Liddell's Place. Go read him on truthaboutit.net. And uh go, uh I don't know, go find him at a Wizards game. And if you do, take a picture with him and then send it to me on Twitter at Ben Standing. And uh, don't ask him for an autograph. That's a little much. But you can take a picture with him. Adam won't mind that. Is that right? Uh, no photos. No photos. No uh, photos.
1: No, that. All right. Well,
0: it's, I'm, you know, no, it, it, it's
1: fine. I haven't had a photo request yet, so I'm not concerned.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what need, it needs to happen. I need, I need somebody needs to, uh, needs to do this. Oh, all right. Enough, enough nonsense out of me, Adam. Appreciate it, man. We will uh, talk later. Of course. All right. Many thanks to Adam Rubin for his time talking with me about whether John Wall, Bradley Beal, one, both are making the all-star team. If you've got thoughts on this, and I know you do. I'd love to know what you think. You think you think both of them are getting in, one of them getting in, and if it is either just Wall or Beal, which one are you team Ben? Where you think it would be Beal, or are you team Wall? Where you think it would be Adam? Hit, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Ben Standick. He is at Liddell's place. And uh, I don't know. What do you think that that last part of the conversation better or worse for this team if somehow neither of them got in, or I guess if only one of them gets in, what does that do if anything? But you know, the one after a game like tonight. These things, while, these topics, while fun or interesting, almost seem trivial because the Wizards' problems at the moment go, uh, I don't know, seem to run pretty deep right now and we will see how they can get out of this. Again, they are still fifth in the East, 26 and 21 overall. It is hardly a total disaster, but it's not that at all, but it is just getting harder with each passing game to see a turnaround coming. We're now 47 games into the year. The Wizards have got to start uh Reeling off some some, some consi- con, con, uh, consistent play to feel good about their chances going forward, and the, the fact that Otto Porter is uh, is a hip injury flared up yet again only adds to the current concern. On that chipper note, we'll, we'll get out of here. Thanks again for you guys for listening. Back more with more podcasts this week tomorrow, starting tomorrow. So Ben Standig signing off, and until next time. See ya. Neil
1: gets open for three.
0: Dagger! Dagger!